Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, solving the housing crisis and achieving targets with regard to the Climate Action Plan and the National Development Plan will require a huge effort on behalf of the construction industry. But do we have sufficient numbers of qualified graduates coming into the construction and surveying professions? And if not, what does the future hold as we seek to address the mistakes of the past? Joining me now to discuss the construction and indeed surveying industries are Noel Larkin of Noel Larkin and Associates. He's a chartered building surveyor. Hubert Fitzpatrick is the Director General of the Construction Industry Federation of Ireland. And Kevin Brady is a chartered quantity surveyor. He also joins me here in studio. Uh, Hubert, I'm going to give you the first word because I'd like to maybe, if you wouldn't mind, setting the scene for us broadly about the construction sector, number of employees, value of trade, etc. Just to put it in context for us, if you would. Morning, Bobby. Uh, yes, we've a, a 32 billion euro industry. Right. Direct number of employees, about 160 to 170,000 people. Direct and indirect employment, about 225,000 people. So it's a significant player and a major driver in how we actually deliver the requirements for the economy, both now and, and in the future. So we have a very diverse industry, ranging from main contractors, specialist contractors, house builders. Uh, so it's it's very diverse. Yeah. But but it has been very innovative, and and very competitive industry. So the industry has had its challenges in the past, uh, over the past couple of years since COVID, and the war in Ukraine. We've had major challenges in terms of inflation challenges in terms of the supply chain, those those challenges are easing somewhat as, as we currently speak. But we must look at the needs for an economy of our size. We have a growing population. We have an excess of 5 million people now in the, in the country. And are we failing that grow, growing population by not giving, not by not being able to, for whatever the reasons are, for not being able to keep up with demands in relation to providing adequate housing? Well, the industry is delivering. What we have now is we, we have a growing population far in excess of what was envisaged in the National Planning Framework. And where there are viable planning permissions in place for housing, those units are being built. But we have an under-resourced planning system. We have problems in onboard planola and we have problems in the local authority system. So we need to ensure that we have an adequately resourced planning system that can get through the entire planning approval process for both infrastructural projects private sector developments and housing developments and get that get through that with certainty. We also need an adequately resourced court system to deal with the extensive judicial reviews that we have underway at the moment that are delaying developments. So are you saying, Hubert, that if 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 projects are produced with planning planning permission, re- shovel ready as they say, ready to go, they can all be delivered. And they're viable. Okay. They have to be financially viable and they have to be affordable. So if we have public sector projects, public sector infrastructure projects, shovel ready, ready to go, they can be delivered and the industry can deliver them. We need certainty in that in terms of that project flow that's going to come to the market. And just before I bring in our other two guests, um, in relation to trades, in relation to expertise, um, and one of the difficulties about the sector is that it always, for me anyway, uh, looking in at it, it always seems to be one of of boom or bust. In other words, there's never any kind of steady eddy. You know, there's always a crisis of either of either boom or bust. And 
we're, we're, we're sort of in between that at the moment. So in terms of available, skilled labour supply, have you enough people to do what you what, what, the, what society needs you as a sector to do? It, it, it is a challenge. And within the Construction Industry Federation, we've been working on that for the past number of years, and it's an ongoing work programme. We have to continue to make a career in construction attractive for all school leavers and those entering college. We have to highlight how exciting and challenging that career can be because there is no limit to where one can bring their career within the construction sector and it is so varied. But we are working with schools and we have to work with the other agencies to ensure that, you know, the the mums and the dads actually look at this as a viable option for for their kids, be that in a craft or in a a profession. Okay. But but it it is a very worthwhile career, one worth pursuing. Okay, we've two other guests that I want to introduce you to. Uh, the first of whom is Kevin Brady. He's a, a chartered quantity surveyor. Um, Kevin, you're very welcome to the program. You're a PQS. Uh, so tell Correct. us what that. How does that distinguish you from a, a, a another type of quantity surveyor? Yeah, I suppose a PQS um, stands for a professional quantity surveyor, and we tend to work with um, directly with employers or clients. Um, our counterparts will be a contractor's QS who would work on the side of the contracting um, contractor. And is that one of the sort of the nuances of the profession that you tend to go one road or the other? Uh, yeah, uh, typically, yeah. Yeah, so okay. I suppose on a PQS side, we look after the client's money. We look after the, the costs on the project for the client. We, you know, do battle with the contractors um, on variations or anything that arises. We tender the projects um, for the clients. And um, and then we wrap it up in an, an overall final account for the project and final costs. Um, I mean, just the, the PQS role and the QS role in general is quite diverse. Um, we have different uh, specialisms um, that we offer in terms of um, we, 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 we offer expert um, advisory services, due diligence services for commercial projects, etc., um, we have dispute resolution uh, services. We have procurement services. It, it's 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 a complex business, but essentially you're the money man yeah. on the building project. Yeah. You're the man uh, charged with looking after the costs, right. keeping the costs under control. And I would have to suggest that that's been a, a rather difficult task in recent times. It has. Very, very difficult. It's been very challenging over the last two years, I would say. Um, but I think things are settling down from from the market intel that we have. You know, oil prices have started to fall. Um, we have significant kind of reductions in that uh, space, which will lead to you know cost reductions. Um, materials have started to uh, material price inflation has started to ease as well. Um, so I think you know material price inflation will likely ease uh, this year. We'll see it. Significant ease. Hubert, Hubert mentioned there earlier, Kevin. Um, you know that projects have to be profitable mm-hmm. to proceed, and that makes sense. You know, if we're all in business uh, to make a profit, but with the costs as they've been running, uh, the building costs, the supply costs uh, over the last couple of years, as you say, has that put a lot of projects that would have been viable in another uh, era just they, that they just don't get built because no one's going to make any money on them. Um, it has it has affected um, instructions. Now we're seeing that kind of slowly returning. So instructions have been given on projects um, uh, because the viability has started to come um, back into it. Um, so we have seen that, particularly on the public sector side, we've seen a lot of housing um, projects that may have been 
considered unviable have been reconsidered and um, are now being proceeding to tender and proceeding to get costs from the market. So uh, there does seem to be a, a positive um, uh, outlook around that on in the market at the moment. And okay. We're certainly seeing a, larger instructions coming through. Okay, stay with us. I want to bring in our third guest, uh, who's Noel Larkin. Uh, he's a chartered building surveyor. Uh, Noel, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Now, if you would, um, as I understand it, uh, you're a man that completes uh, surveys. You're, 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 you go in, you look at, you're a fault finder, uh, I think is how you describe it yourself, that's, in, in the building industry. Exactly. I suppose on the likes of the project that uh, Kevin spoke of there, uh, the, the new builds, the building surveyor would probably be there as an assigned certifier which is a new role brought in in 2014 under the amended building regulations, which is oversight in terms of compliance with building regulations. But he could be there, I suppose, also as a development monitor for the lending institution to just find right. out in terms of compliance with regulations. And and that, was one, planning. that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, Noel, this legislation mm. of change in 2014. Does that essentially mean now that we've outlawed self-certification? Essentially, it does. It, now, uh, the, essentially, what an assigned certifier is, is he stands outside the design team. It's a statutory appointment. So that. He, so, who he, would he, you be working for in that scenario? You're still working for the same client, but you you have a, a statutory role in terms that you're certifying at the end to the local authority that everything is in order and that every element of the building is signed off. There's still an element of a, of uh, self-certification in that body. But there's oversight that wasn't there before. So is it fit for purpose in your view? It is. It's working very well. It's 10 years in this stage. Still things will come up there. You're still dealing with, with humans building, with using materials and all of these kind of things, new materials. So there, there issues still arise. Um, but the, certainly the product is very much improved over what was being produced up until 2014. Okay. So in your typical world, Noel, you might work for a buyer or a seller and you'd assess the condition of the property either in a domestic, a housing scenario or a commercial project. Would that be correct? That's 100%. And I suppose that the the role of building surveyor, if you walk down the Keys in Dublin, you'll see that it has changed dramatically over the last 30 or 40 years. And I suppose that the, the role of a building surveyor has evolved to help upkeep these buildings. So we'd be involved there in terms of repair and maintenance, defect analysis, landlord and tenant issues in terms of repairing obligations. So the building surveyor is a very broad profession but dealing with, with the built environment. Now so we'd, we'd be there we'd be there somewhere probably. Okay. You know when we when the public look at I don't think maybe sometimes people realise the complexity and the different layers of who does what in a building uh, project. I'm, I'm just trying to maybe demystify that slightly today. Yeah. So, Noel, if you're working there, you've got four people employed. Um, you clearly have many opportunities, but you're finding it difficult to get surveyors. Is that right? It's very tough at the minute. And I suppose, as uh, Hubert mentioned there, it's trying to encourage people into the industry. And I suppose we've failed somewhat in that. Um, and particularly with building surveying courses, we're finding it difficult just to encourage youngsters to come into the profession. Like some of the courses, I'd be more familiar with Dundalk Institute of Technology, and they're struggling just to fill some of the courses there. And could could I suggest to you, Noel, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert in this, but could I suggest to you that one of the barriers to entry for people coming in uh, to construction jobs is this boom-bust thing? 
that your father or your mother might say That's exactly it. there's no security in that you'll yeah, be on the dole yeah. in two years and the then you'll be uh, would that be fair to say? I think you hit the nail on the head and I, I go down to Dundalk every year just to talk to the students and it's not that long ago maybe 10 years ago where I was telling them look there's nothing out there for the moment you're going to have to do something else for a couple of years and then come back to this industry because they had just suffered the major meltdown yeah so that and I, I always say that it's the mammies and daddies that they need to talk to to encourage them when they're filling out the CAO form to show that this this industry it, okay there's swings it's a pendulum the property industry is a pendulum as simple as that but we did find believe it or not that during the downturn the building surveyors were, were still very busy because you had receivers engaged then selling property Yeah. so if, if, if somebody's selling somebody's buying and you need building surveyors in there to assess the property and do their due diligence so yeah or you end up working for banks or whatever it is receivers and banks yeah absolutely yeah. But, you're, but you're still working um, okay, so Hubert, back to you then, having heard from the two lads, again, uh, letting us into their world. That thing then about, I suppose, the PR for the sector on the basis that this is a good place to work. Um, one of the things that would improve that landscape immeasurably would be stability. I agree fully. We want counter-cyclical investment. And thankfully, we hear there was those news coming out from government at the moment. They're talking about putting together a fund that will actually cater for future investment in infrastructure when government finances are not in as strong, as strong a position. That's, that's very, very welcome. And we've a recognition that we have an infrastructure requirement that must be delivered to meet a growing population. And if government commits to providing that certainty going forward, that would be good news for the industry and it will be good news for those who will be thinking of careers in the industry because it will give some, give some certainty. In terms of regulation, a further point I might add, uh, Bobby, is that uh, recently the, the Construction Industry Federation has been appointed the registration body for the proposed Surrey, the Construction Industry Register of Ireland. And all builders are now going to be obliged to register uh, in accordance to their competencies for building various elements of construction and projects that, in years could ahead. could that essentially be more red tape? Could that slow things up and I, I don't create further bureaucracy? I, I don't see it as being red tape. It's something that we've been calling calling for for the last seven or eight years. So but basically you separate the good guys from the bad guys Well, you, the formal you want, approval. You, you, you want to ensure that it's only guys who are experienced and qualified to build certain types of projects can build in the future. Yeah. And, and that is a process that's been put in place and the Minister is putting in place an admissions and registration board now that's going to deal with that. And we envisage that by 2025, the mandatory requirement to register will be in place for certain categories okay. of works. So we have a lot of work to do. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask you about uh, the retrofit scheme, 500,000 homes uh, to get a building energy rating of B2. There's been some criticism of that system. Um, it's very ambitious. I think... In three years, we'll have 80,000 homes retrofitted, which is only 16% of the original target of 500,000. What's wrong with that scheme and what needs to change to, to make it? Because it seems like a good idea, uh, you know, at a high level to look at a derelict property and say, surely it's cheaper and better and more sustainable to make this a working property than build a new one. Yeah, I think um, the, the retrofit scheme, I mean, uh, refurbishing existing um, buildings is quite an expensive um, uh, route to go. Um, there is challenges with it in terms of certification of um, the existing structure, 
um, details, you know, putting new um, pieces back into the building, etc. It, it costs a little bit more money in terms of doing that. So there is a, a pressure around costs on that, as opposed and to... And as well, as you'll know from your world, the... Uh, the unknown when you go into yeah, some of these exactly, buildings yeah. you, you and, don't know what you'll find and as best you do your surveys you get your, your design to a certain extent there's inev- inevitable going to be um, issues that do crop up around that we can't provide for that say from day one we can build in say contingency funds and provisional sums for things but I, I think um, you know the retrofit scheme um, it, it will be a challenge to deliver that amount of houses but I think you know, I, I echo Hubert's um, uh, that uh, comments that that the industry is responding as well. So hopefully, um, we do hit targets there. I think there's going to be a change in in the market as well. People will start. Um, we're seeing a change, I suppose, with people contractors starting to and clients starting to focus on that, and energy retrofits as well is coming up. So I think there's going to be a a, a good focus on that. So it'll find a level that will work. You think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last word to you, Noel. In terms of uh, your business, uh, you're a proud surveyor. You like what you do. Uh, you've no shortage of work. Uh, where does the future lie for you and your business? Thank God, uh, no shortage of work. I suppose we're we're holding tight at the minute, Bobby. To say it's hard enough to recruit. We're we're happy with our workload. I suppose down the line we would look at at maybe building up again. But we're we're, we're happy just to hold tight at the moment and serve the clients that we have and try and give a good service and, and take it from there. It's it's a huge restriction, though, in, in an ability to grow a business that if you can't find, you know, the relevant and qualified people, it must be immensely frustrating that you can't, that you're effectively having to turn away a business. Exactly. It is frustrating, no doubt about it. And uh, I suppose that we hope that that will improve and that we can encourage youngsters in, in onto these courses there are there are swap over courses now as well where you can if you have a degree that you can do a one year top up degree with Dundalk Institute of Technology you should be check it out anyone's interested where you can you can get a degree in building surveying and and, and swap across into the into this profession. Okay, it's very worth looking at. But look, it's steady as we as it as we go. That the pendulum is is swung almost fully over to to uh, full capacity. So let's hope it stays there. Okay. By the, by the sounds of what Kevin and you were saying there, uh, it, it, the future looks bright. Okay, well, I hope it does. And I'm going to give the very last word to Hubert Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's the new Director General at the Construction Industry uh, Federation of Ireland. So, Hubert, you're assuring us here today on national radio that all will be well and we'll be able to build enough houses. Well, government have been very positive on this front recently. They've introduced a range of measures which are supply-side measures to make housing more affordable for first-time buyers. Those measures are kicking in as we speak and I'm confident that we're going to see an increase in housing supply in the years ahead. That is subject to us having a viable planning process that's well-resourced that we can ensure we've timely delivery of planning process and that we've the infrastructure in place, the main infrastructure, water, road, services. And with that in place, you know, I'm confident that we can deliver in the future. And I'm interpreting that as saying, if the government sort out the planning, they sort out the legal, you'll deliver on the rest. We'll deliver on the rest. And, and we've the schemes in place to ensure that first-time buyers have the resources in order to get their deposit and be, and be able to afford a home Okay, 
I want to thank my guests. It's been, uh, I could talk about this all day, so I'm sorry I have to cut the conversation short. But I want to thank my guests, Hubert Fitzpatrick, Director General of the CIF, Noel Larkin, Chartered Building uh, Surveyor, and Kevin Brady, indeed, a Chartered Quantity Surveyor. Thank you for joining us this morning. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.